0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. We're taking a little deviation into the Leadership space. I can't even wait to dive in with my new friend Peter Kazadoy. He is an amazing thought leader in this space, and we're going to talk about honesty. I know a big topic and a great time to talk about it in our our world today. Peter, it's so great having you on the podcast.
0: It's awesome to be here, man. Thanks for having me,
1: man. You've done so many cool things, and like I. I, I've i always kind of really loved this whole idea of personal branding and you are executing on it. Like you've built your brand. You've got, I mean, there's so many components to it and I can't wait to unpack that for our audience today. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, man. My pleasure. All right. So we got to go back uh, and, uh, you know, I was doing some homework on you as I was uh, sharing earlier and I read this story about you <laughs> and and it was at age 17, you had hoped to go to the Olympics as a figure skater and also go to Harvard and both of those didn't work out. And this sent you into a very interesting time in your life. And I want to unpack that and then talk about your path again, of getting into this whole leadership space um, and, and, and start off with that story for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is I only in retrospect understand how that's even connected to everything that came after. Um, you know, as you said, I was on this track, you know, when I was uh, a mid to late teenager thinking i knew exactly what my life was going to look like turns out uh wasn't going to get to the olympics i wasn't good enough couldn't hold my stuff together when it counted uh i applied to harvard harvard sent me a nice letter back (laughs) saying thank you but no thank you and it yeah it was it was devastating because i i was on this path and then all of a sudden i'm on a totally different path and i was like wait a second how did i like how did this happen i didn't plan for that sure um now what's interesting about you know two massive failures is it it can give one uh, a couple giant chips On one shoulder, which is exactly what happened to me and what fueled my uh, going into business for myself and my my business partner and I started my now platform company, Gem Advertising um, at 22, right out of college. It was 2008. Great time to start (laughs) a business. It was like (laughs) good timing. That's right. (laughs) And um we spent a lot of years not knowing what the hell we were doing whatsoever. We immediately went tens of thousands of dollars uh, into debt sure. and spent the next four <laughs> years trying to climb out of that. And right. Eventually built a, a multi million dollar multinational agency that ended up on the Inc 5,000 list of fastest growing companies in America for a couple of years in a row. It's
1: amazing. Which is all, all
0: well and good until the next piece of disaster struck Justin, which I don't know if this has happened to you. It no, tell me. Absolutely devastating time in my life, which is that I turned 30. <laughs> Yep. I don't know how people I've already get, passed like, that. How do they get through this? <laughs> like honestly, how do people I don't I don't know. You it can was, no again, longer
1: be like 30 under 30 at that point. You know what I oh mean? My like if gosh. you don't get it then <laughs> so
0: so so here's what's interesting, right? Turn thirty. Yeah. I built a million dollar company by then. But I realized for the first time in a long time, and talk about honesty, that I again wasn't in the place that I thought I would be.
1: What and makes you say really that? Re- Like, why? Well, why what triggered what, here's that? Here's what
0: happened. Right. So I, I'm I looking around. and I'm like, I I know I'm not in the right place. Right. I should be happy, but I'm not happy. There are things that are missing. If I'm honest about you know who I am, and I talk about a lot uh, about this in the book, like we've gotten obsessed with our why. But how do you know why you do anything if you don't understand who you are in the first place? And so I really had to get honest about that. And what I found through a lot of self reflection is that those Two big failures I had had as a teenager had actually knocked me down into like a second best scenario of my life. It was like, well, I'm not going to achieve first best, Peter. So I guess I'll just not go for those big goals at all anymore. Wow. Really okay. interesting. And that's when I sat down to write for Inc. and Forbes, get a TEDx talk. Right. I went back to Columbia to get an MBA. I saw I that. I was. I was stupid and it was right. I was stupid. It was amazing how much I learned uh, I like, at a formal business school. Uh, and then, uh, you know, one of those things was sitting down to write a book and I actually sat down to write a marketing book. I was
1: not right. interested been in the agency in, space, right?
0: Right, Exactly right. And you know, it, 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 shocks me to this day that I, you know, voted most likely to continue being a jerk in high school. I'm the <laughs> one to talk about like honesty and transparency and vulnerability and all this stuff like That's not what I set out to write at all. It shocks me to this day that I am like the honesty guy. Uh, so, but anyway, I want to pause there because no, I'll ramble. On. I
1: love that. No, this is great, and I I noticed your undergrad was in economics and Italian studies. Like, is did that contribute to helping the business grow, or was like, or was it more the MBA that actually helped? Not me? at all. <laughs>
0: yeah, not in the least. <laughs> yeah, funny. got a lot of fun. So, I actually have a client right now, a big publicly traded uh, energy company, and she happens to speak Italian. So, yeah, that's, oh, that's helpful. That's at
1: times, good. But, <laughs> you check the box. That's uh, great.
0: Otherwise, not so helpful.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. Well, so for those who no, know, Peter obviously grown his own business, super entrepreneur and this a whole PR agency, marketing world. Also the author of an incredible book, Honest to Greatness, How Today's Greatest Leaders Use Brutal Honesty to Achieve Massive Success. We're going to dive into that in a few minutes. So, all right. So you had this um, this pivot point, I'll call it, or kind of moment of, of reflection at age 30. And 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 out of that, what did you decide to do?
0: I decided to strap a rocket to my ass and just start <laughs>
1: That's great working. visual. I
0: mean, literally, I... You know, so I really in sort of documenting in my own mind who I was, you know, one of those things was speaker. One of those things was writer. Sure. Um, you know, a thought leader, an influencer, right. you know, all these things. And so then it was like, well, I don't know anything about any of that. By the way, you know, at 30, I had no social media channels. I'm the worst millennial ever. I just <laughs> don't like it. So then, you know, when I went to get a publishing deal, they were like, how many you know, social media followers? Follow you have? And I was like, I don't even know how to spell that. So right. no. And they were like, well, you're on social media now, buddy. Good luck. Wow so anyway, you know all these what I had to do was kind of assemble uh, reassemble my life like what are the pieces right and, and I thought about it in terms of I, I love that you started out with personal branding because I thought of it in terms of when someone lands on my website sure you know com. yep what is it that they see? You know, what are all the pieces that need to be there to indicate to someone who I really am And literally it took me four years to assemble everything you see in the, the pinnacle of that, the crowning achievement of that was, was the book that just came out literally a month ago to the day.
1: Sure. And I mean, it takes time, I, you know, any entrepreneur building a business, anyone building their own brand, it's not something that happens overnight. You don't just start writing for Forbes and Inc. And in the next couple of weeks, you know, your, your front page, right? I mean, it takes time.
0: Time and energy and effort and meeting people. I mean, I really got into the heavy, heavy networking game. I mean, I'll, sure. t- I'll have a conversation with anyone. Because it was an offhand Twitter reach out, and I connected with someone in Chicago that led me to writing for Inc. Oh, wow. And it was a weird, odd, you know, referral that a friend gave me that I joined an organization that helped me get picked up on Forbes. Like, it, that's how life That's is. how things
1: happen. Sure. Now, you know, do you find in working with other leaders that they have had these kind of moments too, or do you find even further that you know, people struggle with early life failures and kind of don't get ever, ever get out of kind of Peter version two. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do, I find that's a, that's not easy to, if you've had some misses or some some failures to say, you know what, I'm I'm not going to settle for Peter version two. I'm going to be version one or new one. You know what I mean? I don't know. What's your thought on that?
0: Yeah. And that's why like, I wrote a really weird book. Like, it's really weird because <laughs> I I talk about honesty and dishonesty in terms of society, corporations, company cultures, and and then, of course, drop down to the level of of human beings, because we're all leaders in our own life. Sure. So what kind of leaders can we be if we're just walking around addicted to our own lies? And in fact, that is the state of mind of most people out there in the world. And what I'm hoping that the book is is a shake-you-by-the-shoulders wake-up call to say you're lying to yourself about who you really are, what you really want, what it's going to take to get there. And and com- and what happens is those lies compound until you have a breaking point. But it, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we can actually go back to that thing we learned when we were three years old and, and just be honest with ourselves.
1: Sure. Well, and you, you've used this platform and a lot of the content to work with a, diff- a lot of different leaders and companies. And one of the things that you wrote that I thought was awesome was, you know, using honesty not as a touchy-feely like core value, you know, hey, we're gonna have honesty and that's written on the wall somewhere, but as more of a business strategy that produces game-changing industry dominating success. So is it possible and, and if, if so, how have you seen companies make this part of the fabric versus just an idea that that goes on a, a list on a wall?
0: It's not only possible, it is formulaic. And if you think about it, it makes sense because we live in a society where Everyone's walking around with a smartphone. Everyone's recording something somewhere. We live in a very transparent society, a, tr- a transparent society in which no human has ever lived before this moment. Think about that. And in such a society, the whole premise of the book is that it doesn't pay to do anything but be honest and transparent. And, and you make a, a really good point. And like, I'm honored the book premiered at like number one news <laughs> book crazy. on Amazon and business ethics, which is like awesome. Unbelievable. This is not an ethics book. <laughs> like I, think people should, I think people should be ethical. Like that's all well and good. But this is a how to get shit done in your life and business book. I want to be very clear about that. So if you're a company, you, this is not a core value. This is a weapon that you can actually use. And, and I chronicle company after company that does this from Domino's Pizza, who went on national TV and said, sorry, America, our pizza sucks, and we're going to fix it. And here's how we're going to fix it. To Ray Dalio, who grew the largest hedge fund in the world by telling people I'm a dumb shit and you need to come tell me where I'm wrong. You know, it's not and and you look at how did uh, quicken loans create rocket mortgage, is because they have a culture in which they look at each other and say, I have no idea what the next best thing should be. So we have a rule about saying yes before no. It's just a super honest way to look at the world, to reflect, to have conversations, and to operate. And, and and it's really important that people understand, like, honesty is not something else that you do. It's an act of omission. It's about removing the crap that gets in the way of what's true.
1: So fascinating. Um, In your book, you talk about, you know, why honesty and why now? And one of the the elements that you highlighted was this whole idea of the complicated story of why we lie. And I saw that and I was like, we have got to unpack that. <laughs> so, help me with that one. Yeah, I mean,
0: listen, we we so easily forget that we're just like animals, right? (laughs) Operating out of our animal brains half the time, we do things when they serve our best interest. Always, this makes sense, right? Self-preservation should rank at the top of of what we do and the actions that we take. Now, the interesting thing is if you take a human being and you have them operate in the dark or in the light. You know, in other words, in a place where nobody can see their actions versus a place where everyone can see their actions, intuitively, they're going to make different choices, right? So we have to understand, back to earlier what I was saying, that we're operating in a fundamentally different environment. And what's interesting is, I think many people who are watching the news, like watching all the corporate scandals that have gone on or the the horrendous uh, racial injustice that's happening or anything, they're probably thinking to themselves, gosh, we're more dishonest than ever. I actually. No, that's not true. It's, it's the opposite. It's that we are more transparent, more transparent than, ever, than.: And ever. so we're Got seeing it. more of what's happening when people are clinging to those behaviors that they used to have before everyone was watching, and now everyone's watching. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, so in that chapter you reference, I take people all the way back to, to ancient Egypt uh, and to ancient Rome and talk about how societies sort of mesh together this idea of money and morality. Uh, we allowed ourselves societally, we empowered the ability to get rich by any means possible and then to buy your way out of it, buy your way into the afterlife, buy your way into heaven, buy whatever. That We live in a very, very, very different place now. And until we recognize that and understand that honesty is actually the way forward, we will continue to have this friction between how humans have traditionally behaved and, and how we must behave going forward.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. And when I first saw your content, I was immediately thinking about how this applies to the workplace and to companies and businesses. And you actually cover that um, when you you talk about what it means to be an honest organization. Uh, There was a couple areas in there that I was also like, we got to dive into these. So one was in the finance area. um, And you talked about investing like Warren Buffett In long term honesty. So, how does that play out? I mean, of course, Warren Buffett, I mean, has done so well in long term investing and making strategic decisions, but how does that apply here with honesty?
0: Yeah. And, you know, Warren, of course, I went to Columbia, right? That's right. He (laughs) learned value investing. So, but that was actually after I had uh, met him and and done some work for him. I actually ended up, we threw a party for one of the grand openings of his furniture stores. And I actually, accidentally ended up serving as his bodyguard that night, all (laughs) five foot seven, former figure skater of me, by the way. Um, But that's a a story for another time.
1: That's awesome. You know,
0: what what Buffett does and what what Dan Hesse does, he's in that chapter as well, the former CEO. Absolutely. Is they really approach financial decisions with a massively long-term horizon. And it turns out that the companies, the organizations and leaders who have a tremendously long-term horizon of thinking, end up wildly outperforming the companies with short-term thinking. And so in that chapter, I actually dive into the, the system we have on Wall Street, which is hell-bent on quarterly earnings. And this idea that we're going to be able to tell you in three months exactly what our revenues and profits are going to be. I mean, what what an incentive to lie and cheat, right? <laughs> right. You know, And we, we so do true. this to ourselves. We set up these systems that are inherently dishonest, and then we wonder why everyone tries to,
1: you know, game the system,
0: Fudge the numbers, right, game the system to to match, you know, so it's just craziness and, you know, Warren, Dan are, are individuals who bucked that trend who said, no, you know, we need to do things a little differently. Few people realize, Justin, about Warren Buffett that Warren Buffett spends most of his time doing, I mean, not nothing, but pretty much, I mean, he like reads a lot, he shakes people's hands, has a couple conversations a day. The guy makes like one investing decision every couple of years and then does nothing for a couple of years. Because he's thinking in terms of what is this company's cash flow is going to be 20 years in the future. That's how he has made sure that when 20 years in the future came, he would be a very wealthy, successful man. Now, how many households out there across America, across the world are not thinking like that? I mean, how many are struggling to retire because they didn't adopt a long-term view? And what I want people to understand is that they are lying to themselves with their actions. If they think that that long-term destination is never going to come.
1: It's fascinating. Well, and the other area of that chapter I thought was interesting was this idea in in the leadership section um, where you talked about the underappreciated quality of supreme ignorance. And I was like, wow, that's like a phrase right there. Talk about how that plays out. Because when I think about leaders in a company, you know, it, and I think it may link to what you were saying a minute ago around like having the pressure of quarterly earnings and having to try to you know be transparent without <laughs> making things look bad, yeah.
0: So a c- couple of years ago, I was I was doing a story for Inc, and I was in the underbelly of Times Square. Uh, I was ad Week, New York, and I was there to interview Bethany Frankel. And for those of you who don't know, Bethany was uh, a real housewife of New York, and she parlayed <laughs> that into, books and uh, an alcohol brand she sold for nine figures and oh she's done gosh, exceptionally wow. well so i'm interviewing her and she, she's telling me you know should have put alarm bells off in my head that she is super honest about what she doesn't know and she's obsessed with it like she if she doesn't know something she wants to know it and she's just really honest about it she doesn't pretend 20 minutes later she's on stage and i came out to the audience to watch her and sure enough there was a, a marketing term that was thrown out there that she didn't know and she stopped the entire panel, like stood up, told everyone like, no, no, stop, stop. Wait, wait, go back. What is that term? I don't know what that term means. In front of like 500 wow. people. Jeez. Now, now, just imagine how much you can learn if you're constantly telling people, I'm stupid. I don't know. Please educate right. me.
1: Right. Don't have to be the expert so, all the time.
0: So different than what most people do, which is, oh, yeah, no, I know. Oh, yeah, oh I know that, right? Now, what's interesting is every single, every single leader I interviewed in the book took the same approach. They have this wonderful cling to the phrase, I don't know. It's like the three little words that they just love and they're obsessed with it. And they make sure that everyone around them operates on that principle. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. Let's go find the truth together. And it's just, it was, a, it's just remarkable.
1: I love that idea. And I do, I You're right. It's almost a great feeling when you can say, I really don't understand, or I don't know, especially now. And when you get into leadership roles within companies, people expect you to say, expect that you know everything. And it's what a great, um, I I almost think it's a great way to build a following and and like authentic colleagues, because they see you're not just trying to fake it. I don't know. That's amazing.
0: Exactly. I mean, isn't it weird that like, All we actually have to do is be honest about it, and that's what people will respect, that's what they'll follow, that's what works. And yet, we do the opposite, it just makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to go where I'm, what I'm about to say, (laughs) but (laughs) I I wonder how this applies to politics. And in today's political scene, it's like, I mean, I can't even imagine, I mean, regardless of who you're for or not supportive of, right? I mean... Anyway, we, we will do that on another podcast. That's <laughs> um, another, it's another, another topic time. for another day and it might turn off some people. So, um, all right. So, let, let's hit one more thing here you, towards the end, which I think is great. You give um, some great coaching and advice around how to bring this to life for yourself in your community, working with others, et cetera. What would be like one or two of the key takeaways from that, like for our audience, so they understand the application?
0: Sure. Yeah. I want to give you the, let me give you a really good quick win that like everyone can start using right now. But there's so much in the book. You know, part three is dedicated to how do we put this into practice. So, you know, by all means, pick it up. But let me give you two questions that you can use right now that will literally change your life. And they are, is that true? And how do I know? And this applies to whether you're watching a headline on the news or your great aunt Betty's Facebook post or a, an assumption you've made in your head. Just stop and ask yourself is that true? And how do I know? How can I tell? Because if you don't, here's what the problem is, Justin, most people function on a foundation of what they know and what they assume to be true. And if that is actually incorrect, you can build an entire life, an entire career off things that aren't even true in the first place.
1: So true. That's actually great advice too. You could apply that in anything, right? I mean, it could be personal, it could be building your own business, it could be questions at at work. I mean, that's I love that. Um, before we get to the end of our time, I, I wanted to ask, like, how did you decide, and again, looking back at your background, how did you decide that honesty and this whole topic of, you know, honesty was gonna be your platform? Because you've really made it into a platform, right? As part of your your experience set and things you've done. But how did you decide this was going to be the topic? I didn't.
0: I mean, I, I, never, <laughs> I never set out to 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 write about, speak about, or frankly, even care about honesty. I didn't. I set out to write a marketing book because I was frustrated so at the two types of clients we had. We'd, we'd have some clients, or we'd bring them all these insights and information from their customers and frontline employees and be like, okay, this is what they're saying. This is what we have to do. And they would do it. And they would kill it. They'd get like massive ROI with us and stay with us for years. And everything was great. And the other folks, the other clients we would have, We'd give them all the same information and insights here, which your customer was saying, frontline employees were saying, they would descend into infighting and politics. And yeah, I see that, but I really think it's this. I'm like, what do you mean you think or you feel? Like, what does that even mean? And I, it was, it, it just killed me because i have an Ivy League MBA. I don't teach you about this stuff, right?
1: Totally. <laughs>
0: you know, what happens when people abandon logic for ego? They don't tell you about that. So. Wow. I wrote a marketing book, and when I I queried, you know, literary agents, I finally got one to sign me, and he was like, "Oh yeah, cool. And, you know, by the way, this isn't a book about marketing. It's a book about honesty." Oh,
1: and I was like, "Well, it.
0: well, clearly you can't even read because it doesn't say anything <laughs> about that right. on the front page." It's marketing, and of course, I thought about it further, and I was like, "Wow, he's absolutely right. That's really it. It transcends what we do in sales and marketing. It's about operations. It's about culture. It's about leadership, management. What do we even believe about ourselves and about?" business and about society and that's how you know as i said earlier i'm surprised to see i am the one to talk about strategic brutalism. <laughs>
1: I, I love it just for those of you out there that have thought about writing a book and um haven't started just know you might be well into it and decide it's actually a it might be a different angle that you know. Uh, as flexible, i like to right? say
0: you edit the book and the book edits you that's,
1: i love that that could be the bottom line for today anyway um man so much great content share with our um our listeners, how they can get engaged with you, uh, how can they pick up your book, how they can check out your content, tell them about your TED talk, etc.
0: Sure. So come have an honest conversation. I'm at honest2greatness.com. That's honest to greatness.com. When you head there, you can take the free twenty one question honesty quiz, which tells you which, which, I did, which honesty
1: type you fit into. Oh, what honesty type did you get? I don't get? remember now. I downloaded it the <laughs> other day. I did it like when you first sent the info over and I don't have it here. <laughs> cool. And you were well, gonna yeah, ask. So- That's a
0: great way to start to get into is I send a a video to your inbox and tells you, you know, why you got the result you got and you know, results are not permanent and gives you a whole workbook to work through. So that's a great way to get involved. And of course, I'm begrudgingly on all the social media channels at Peter
1: Cosidoi. I love it. I just love it. Um, this has been so cool, Peter, having you on. Thanks for spending the time with us. i excited about this book and this content. I've got a number of areas that, that in my life where I can apply it. I can't even wait to, to try out some of the ideas. So thanks for making the time for the podcast today.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for being honest.
1: The Contender Cast
0: is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.